I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, peeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they crowd. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue. Commission as a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, along with my co-host, Dustin Church at Dynasty Junkie FF. And we're coming a little early this week because Dustin Dustin's busy this week, uh, but didn't want to miss out on, on a show just before the season started. So, Dustin, uh, how you feeling and, and what's what's going on this week? Why, why, why are we doing this early? <laughs> so, no, I'm pretty excited uh, for this week. Like, this is everything we've been waiting for. Like, the season is starts in two days. It's crazy to think about. Um, tomorrow I have a, a home league draft that takes it's, – it's a pretty long one. It's, we're actually doing it in, in person, social distance style. And then Thursday is my daughter's birthday. Um, and then we'll get into the weekend and stuff like that. So I wanted to get one in early, especially with the season starting anyways. I thought it'd be good to do it a couple days early, but um, I'm doing well. I'm just excited for everything to start. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I can't, like you said, it, it seems crazy that the season is starting in two days. I can't believe it either. Um, I guess that that's a redraft thing you have. I, I mentioned I had my big redraft one last weekend. I, I feel like I get into that dynasty mode too much. I have a Dobbins, Acres, and Taylor on my team, which I think is probably because I'm such a dynasty guy. I, I ended up drafting all three of them. Um, you think you think that'll yeah, work my, out for me? I mean, I I think you know they're my RB two really for the record. <laughs> it's not it's not how you start it's how you finish and you know all those guys i think will be more relevant towards the second half of the year so I, I think it'll work out it'll be interesting to see how much the dynasty plays into effect when i go do my draft and tomorrow um being more dynasty focused like two years ago i drafted mahomes in like because it's a two this is so this league is an old school league it's been around for about 35 years it's a touchdown only league. Um, you start two quarterbacks, three running backs, three receivers that can be wide receiver or tight end, kicker in a defense, and you only have one bench spot. So, like in every week, anybody that you buy to put on your roster is bidding straight cash to the pot. So, this league's a little bit different, but I, you know, I, I tend to get kind of in the dynasty mindset when I don't need to be. But a couple of years ago, I drafted. Mahomes in like the fifth round as our second quarterback and he threw 50 touchdowns that year and so we ended up winning I think my father-in-law and I split about four thousand dollars total so it was it was a fun league and it worked out um so we'll, we'll see what goes, goes on this year you know I know some people are already trying to get that burrow magic from the group chat so see if he he does the Mahomes but 
yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, ever since I got into to Dynasty Junkie mode a couple of years ago, I, I feel like I definitely in my redraft league tend to tend to lean toward too much towards the dynasty, but it actually worked out a couple of years ago. I did win that league a couple of years ago. Ended up drafting Kittle late, probably because of my dynasty uh, inclinations, and, and that really paid off for me. Uh, so we'll see how it goes this year. Um, but anyway, wanted to get into the show. This show is going to be a little little different than usual. It's not going to follow the usual format. Um, we actually are going to be doing a, another show tomorrow without Dustin. That's because we have been having the series leading up to the season with the different positions, and, and we're going to do our QB show tomorrow with some great guests. Uh, but we wanted to we wanted to do the show with Dustin, and we're just going to kind of go off format. We are going to do find me a trade at the end, but we've kind of figured we hadn't done we have no guests tonight. Um, it's just me and Dustin, and we hadn't done that yet, so we figured we talk a little bit maybe about ourselves. So we did that very very early on we we talked i think in the first episode maybe the second episode but talk uh, just let you get to know us a little and uh, kind of not go into every single segment that we usually do we'll finish with find me a trade but before that we wanted to just kind of talk about ourselves some general dynasty stuff and go from there so um i did want to lead off with uh two things first i want to thank gabe gearing at ff man bun for the great new intro uh, you should have heard if Dustin noticed everything correctly after this is over. <laughs> but um, it, it's it, I love the I love the new intro. You too, Dustin. Oh yeah, I think it's you know Gabe always does fantastic work, so it's pretty exciting, pretty awesome to have him do one for us. Um, but he he did a fantastic job incorporating you know find me a trade in Commission Corner and and what it's like to be a junkie. So you know I thought it was awesome. Yeah, and I said when we were on open bar that I thought that we had something. And when, once we got an open bar and get, getting an intro from Gabe is another milestone, I think, that, that we got something on our hands here. So, uh, And the other thing I wanted to do was just because I keep I always forget to do it every week is just to remind people uh, we need submissions for Find Me a Trade. We're actually out of them after tomorrow's episode. So anybody listening, if you'd like us to find you a trade please DM me or Dustin or the pod. Uh, we also have the email address, which we don't mention enough on the show, dynastyjunkiespod at gmail.com. And you can also send any commish questions to any of those uh, as well. Uh, we won't be doing commish corner this week, but we will be still probably doing it going forward. Though that was another thing I did want to mention as well, is that we're, we're thinking of maybe tweaking the format in season a little also. Uh, I don't know if we'll do every segment every week or maybe what new segments. We're still we're still working it out as we get to uh, to next week's episode. But just to give you a heads up, we may be switching things up a little there as well. Moving on, we did want to, like I said, talk a little bit about ourselves, how we got into the dynasty, how we got into the point of being the junkies that we are, and then starting the podcast that we did. So, Dustin, you want to you want to lead off with that? Just how how did you get into dynasty? When did you become a, a full on junkie and and go from there? Yeah, so I so I've been playing fantasy football since I think '01 or '02, back you know redraft ESPN days, and then I had been doing that for you know steady since '02. You know every year adding a couple more leagues. You know I got up to you know four, five, six redraft leagues. Um, just you know groups of friends started getting online doing some of those, and then I think it was 2012, 2013 a buddy of mine introduced me to dynasty football and I, I had no idea what dynasty was. And so he brought me in and this one was a 16 team full IDP with head coach scoring and just like 
pretty pretty intense scoring. Like you got points for win margin or lost points for lost margin for head coaches. You know, we it's started. It's funny because my first one wasn't a normal dynasty league either, but I'll get into that in a minute. Keep going. Um, and then it was so it was like we started just as many defensive players as offensive players. Like some of the IDP leagues, I see like you start a few IDP. This one was you start, I think nine offense, nine defense, and then the head coach. So you're starting like 19 players every week. So it was pretty intense as my first league. And there were some people in the league that were, had been playing for four or five years and they were, there were sharks and, you know, I was, I was still learning, you know, um, I, I did well the first year I made the playoffs my first year in, in that league being a 16 team. And I, at the time I didn't know anything about defense. I still don't know a lot about that, but like I'm familiar enough with it. But after that, like I kept trying to find more and more and more. And I, I just didn't, I couldn't find any, but I wanted different types of leagues. And that's when I um, stumbled across um, dynastyleaguefootball.com and then specifically their forums. And I know, uh, Bobby Koch was on here talking about that. And I think uh, Trader Joe was on here talking about how that's how he got started as well. But I started just getting on the forums and reading about, you know, different teams, different league formats. And they had a league finder um, forum where you can find different leagues. So I got into a league or two that way. And then everyone kept saying, like, Twitter was where it's at. Twitter was where it's at. And then I started getting on Twitter and that's when I saw Dynasty Outhouse like randomly put out a tweet and I, I didn't follow uh, Russ at the time. I just saw somebody else retweet it and it says, Hey, if I start up another trade addicts, is anybody interested? And I responded to the thread. I was like, yeah, I'm always, I'm, I want to get into more leagues. And that's when I, you know, so I joined that league and then it just kind of took off from there. Um, you and I were in that league and, um, you know, we got Nick, Joe, we got um, everybody like Stoops. Everybody's in that league is now doing something. And like, I'm in multiple leagues with all of them, Jay. And so it was just pretty awesome to see that. And then like, once I really saw what like dynasty Twitter was about, it was like, there's always new different leagues and there's always new things to try. And that's what I was excited about. So that's kind of what, what started it all was getting in, 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 in trade addicts. Um, I had been in a couple of dynasties that I had rent, run from the home. It was just friends, but nothing where I was going with complete strangers, except for the one that I found on my DOF back in the day. But yeah, so I've been in dynasty for since about 2012, 13, a little earlier than most people. It looks like they started right around the 14, 15, 16, right when like, that's me too. <laughs> that's when they kind of like, it, it brought everybody in. Um, I was a little bit before that. Like I, I remember trading picks to try to get into that draft, like the year or two before that. So yeah, that's a little bit about my, my dynasty story. You know, um, what brought me to a junk? I just, you know, I love the year roundness of it. So I, I love being able to trade. Um, you, you know me, I, I trade probably more than most <laughs> people out there. Um, yeah, before before I met you, I thought I, I was pretty bad. You you just you're just nonstop. You're even more of a trade addict, more of a junkie than me. <laughs> yeah, um, I there I haven't found anybody that's up there with me on that level <laughs> yet. I just I'm I'm always and sometimes it, it's to my detriment. Sometimes I I go too far. I tinker too much, and but you know I'm always you know I I think I win more than I lose when it comes to trades and, you know, I'm always like, I know I can recover because I make so many moves that, you know, I might lose one, but I can win the next. 
and that's just how I play the game. So, so yeah, my story's not all that different. Uh, I actually uh, I'm a little older than you, and I've been playing back since the uh, the pre-internet '90s. Um, so uh, the back when we were, you know, getting emailed what what our scores were and things like that, and didn't really have a site. Back when I worked uh, at, at J.C. Penny Outlet at the local mall, so <laughs> um, so that was fun. But then after that, I kind of I think I took a break for a little bit. I don't think I really got back into fantasy heavy until about 2005. A buddy of mine uh, named Joe uh, invited me into a league, a redraft league. Uh, that's the one I was talking about earlier. I've been in it for 15 years now. And I was always the guy who traded the most in that league. I would get, I would get made fun of for how many trades I made in that league, which is funny being in, in something like Trade Addicts Three now, and it's just commonplace. But and eventually, uh, through Joe, that guy Joe, he he actually was in a dynasty league before I was, and he, he kept telling me how much I would love this, and I need to get one. And I got lucky, and a guy at the the place I was working at the time back in 2015, he invited me into a dynasty league he was starting. And like I said, that was different than a normal dynasty because well, my first dynasty league was a contract salary league, which is sort of a totally different animal. So that was interesting to start off with. And then two years later, me and my buddy Joe uh, started our own league, home league, which is still going now, um, which I did win a couple of years ago. And it was, I think, about probably not until about 2018 that I really got hot and heavy into the to the point of being a junkie, which is when I... I never got into the DLF forums thing that you mentioned, but I discovered Dynasty Twitter, and that's when everything just took off. I got into uh, the DTC Listener League, e even though at the time I did not even listen to the DTC podcast. I won a spot in there and took over an orphan. And uh, the, like you said, I saw the Trade Addicts thing, and that was my first Superflex startup. So then that that really helped me get into Superflex. And from there it just blo blossomed i mean I, I think i got into probably i was probably in 10 leagues by that first year in 2018 then i got on the dynasty twitter and now it's probably about three times that so <laughs> um, do you think you're in right now uh it's 30 plus especially if you yeah. include redraft <laughs> i never did do I'm the idp thing i never did do the idp thing you were mentioned i did get into an idp redraft league this year for uh, this guy from Dynasty Nerds is recruiting people that the uh, so-called in the industry. I don't really consider myself in the industry, but uh, he apparently did and was trying to get people. There's really cool people in there. Uh, Kate from Ball Blast, Ray GQ. I, I don't know how he let me in, but uh, he wanted to get people who hadn't done IDP. So that's, this is my first go at it. And um, so well, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, so I again, I got into a bunch of leagues and then... Uh, I just became a junkie. It's been a good time. And you, we, you know, it, we were both in Trade Addicts 3, like you said. You, uh, I think we made a joke at some point about doing a, doing a podcast with a junkie and an addict. And now here we are with Dynasty Junkies. Yeah. It was, it, I mean, it was kind of a long time coming. You know, it, when, when we talked, started talking about it, like everyone in, in, in the chat was super supportive and was excited about it. I don't know how you can do 30 plus leagues. I, I mean, like, I think, 18 ish, 17, you know, and that's counting Scott Fishbowl and a couple like best ball leagues that, you know, now that they're drafted, like those ones don't matter anymore. Um, but I, I cut some out this year. I, I'm trying to stay in the 10 to 15 dynasty. Um, but you started a survivor one, which is redraft, but I, I had to try that when I said I wasn't going to do anymore. So, 
I'm I'm staying in that less than twenty range, but I, I couldn't do thirty. That's just a lot of work. And the funny thing is, I actually did cut some this year, and then added way too. I think I don't think the pandemic helped either. Uh, and then plus, just a lot of cool people kept asking me. Bill uh, Super Duper Flex asked me to be in a league, and and this league with uh, Ray GQ and Ball Ball Blast uh, Kate, and uh, just different leagues. I got asked to. Uh, Doug, uh, the fantasy moose asked me to be in a league and I couldn't say no to that. And so, yeah, Josh from, from uh, fantasy timeline asked me to be in the league. I couldn't say no to that. So I just kept adding them. And I probably have to cut back next year. Cause I, I think 30 might be even too much for me, but uh, I, I'm not the, like uh, Shane Manila and Scott Connor doing 50 plus. I don't think I can do that. So <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Something else we thought we'd do here to kind of just get into our thoughts on Dynasty and where we're coming from is uh, me and Dustin decided we'd each ask each other three uh, Dynasty questions. And we ha we haven't told each other the questions beforehand, so we're going to be a little off the top of our heads here. But, uh, Dustin, you want to start or you want me to give you a question first? Go ahead. Okay, the first question I came up with for you uh, it was just what is your because I don't think we've talked about this that much on the pod. And what is your general philosophy on rookie picks? Some people like to trade them all away. They don't care about rookie picks. Some people like to hoard them. Um, are you more trying to pick them up and reluctant to try? I'm pretty sure I know the answer is that that's the opposite of that. But um, but specifically in the offseason, like in, in season, everybody's, you know, if you're contending, you're looking to trade picks. If you're rebuilding, you're looking to gain picks. But specifically in the offseason, when you're building your teams, are, are you more trading away picks? What's your general strategy with rookie picks? So typically, and as you know, like in, in startups, I'm, you know, I like to trade back and, and collect as many picks as I can. I like to do the productive struggle if, if, if possible. But when I get into a into the season and, and submitting rosters, and if I think that I'm a playoff team, I'm I I usually trade all my picks away. Like I'm I'm not one that I can't think of any leagues that I'm not rebuilding that I don't have picks that I haven't traded my picks away in. Almost every single league that I'm a playoff team and have a any touch shot i've traded all my picks away or i will that's just you know that's just how i do it i know that you know i'm the type that like i'm a value trader and i like to to buy players when their value is low and and sell when they're high so i know most rookies are at some point their value is going to be lower than in the startup or in their rookie draft and that's when i like to buy like in in that i have missed like I haven't been able to get Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey and those types of players. But I know that, you know, like if you look at uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside, I, I still like him quite a bit. And right now you can get him for like third round picks. He was going as a first last year. So, you know, that's a guy that I'm trying to buy. Paris Campbell is right in that same mold. So for me, like I'm, I usually like to trade my picks away to get assets that are going to help me now. You know, the time value of money applies here. Like points are worth more now than they are in the future. And so I like to, to get as many points now as I can. But I, I am the type. I also like if I'm doing any trades, I like to get those seconds and thirds added coming back to me just to give me more more fuel for trades later on. But, yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty similar to you, I think, in that regard. I I, I 
a little more in the middle. I think maybe a little more wishy-washy. I like to try and hold on to my picks, especially my first, even if I'm contending, uh, especially in the off season. If I, like we said in season, it's a lot easier on just, you know, I'm scoring points. Now I want to get points. Let me trade away that first to get this guy. I'll do that all the time. But in the offseason, I generally try and hold on to him unless I love the deal. I think I'm maybe, especially if I only have one. If I only have one first, I'm a little less uh, loose with it than you probably are. I, I'm, I'm maybe more loose with the first one. I, if I have managed to, to rack up two, three, or four first, uh, I might even give a first away for cheaper than than they deserve. But um, just because I, 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 I'm like you, I'm, I'm, I like to get the production. I like to get the players now. So... Uh, I'm pretty similar, but I, I tend to like to hold them a little longer, I think, and not always trade my picks away, even on contending teams. So what's your question? Yeah, so my first question for you is this. What's your favorite league format? Like, we've talked about different formats, but we haven't talked about, like, our favorite league format. So what is your favorite league format? Uh, that's pretty easy. I think for me, it's generally super flex. Um, we all know I'm, I'm the, the, like the wait on quarterback guy, but I do like super flex because of that. It does make the quarterbacks more valuable and I can use that to my advantage. So I like super flex and tight end premium. I generally, every league like to have super flex and tight end premium. I prefer, uh, larger rosters. I guess that's not exactly your question, but, uh, I generally like to see a league with like 28 to 30 players uh, rostered uh, plus taxi. Um, but Superflex tight end premium would be it. I, I'm in all different kinds of formats, but uh, you know, I do Debbie and some other things, but I, those are my favorite ones is the ones that are just Superflex tight end premium, something like trade addicts where you can start one of each thing and one of each position and, and kind of build your team how you want. Uh, th that's kind of my thing. Super flex tight end premium, low minimum starting requirements, uh, a decent amount of starters too. I, I, I always like to see at least 10 to 11 starters and I prefer, I generally prefer a 12 team. I know some people like it bigger. Um, but what about you? Yeah, that was going to be my question for you that you, you kind of answered at the end was your starting requirements. I'm right there. The, the same. I like super flex tight end premium. I think that's like my go-to league now. I do like the minimum starting requirements, you know, one of every position and a bunch of flex. And I like starting 10 to 11. Now, like probably like 30 players with a, a four-person taxi is probably about my my go-to league. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm typically, you know, a head-to-head -head league. I am like thinking about other types of leagues, but I still haven't figured out what way I want to go with that. Um, but I am looking for like more of a fair way in, in standings and, and things like that. And I have one, a victory point league that I think it's somewhat closer on that, um, that I like, but overall, like, you know, your standard 12 team super flex tight end premium, um, 1.75 or higher is what I like, you know, 1.5. I still, I don't think Agreed. it does enough for the position. I think 1.75 to 2.0 is, is where that needs to be. Uh, like we talked about on our last episode, I'm kind of steering away a little bit from the um, points per carry league. I don't think that's a necessity in, in leagues anymore. And then just lots of flexibility with, with rosters. I'm the type I like to build around wide receivers. So if I only have to start one running back or two running backs, then I'm fine just loading up on those wide receivers. And right now, wide receivers are cheaper than, than running backs. Right. So I 
I'm right there where I want to buy as many. If if that if the league allows it, you know, I might only have three startable running backs, but I'll be stacked at wide receiver. Um, but that that's my my general thoughts on on league setup and my favorite types. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I like the the roster flexibility, and I like the idea of increasing the premium. I I have one league that I started that's 1.75. Any future ones, I think I might I might go as far as 2.0 if I start any future leagues. But I'll get into my uh, next question for you, and this is a, a little more specific, but. Um, we've talked both talked on the, sh- the pod about uh, different players we like. We all know I'm a DJ Moore guy, and we know you like Sutton and Metcalf and some other guys. And we all know I hate Rojo. But but who are some of the players that you're lower on? You, not, you know, I don't have to get too many, but some guys that you're lower on than than most of the community. I'm not Dude, sure I heard that from you. Yeah, especially with no <laughs> prep on that. I know. Um, so I thought it was general enough that you could still yeah. come up with a, a one or two off the top of your head that that maybe you don't like as much as everybody else. And and I'm trying to talk a little more here to give you time to think, Dustin. So um. yeah. So um, so I'm going to go with one of the guys that I'm just not as high on is is Derrick Henry. Um, kind of what we talked about with Rich. He just doesn't catch the ball enough. Like. With how great he was last year, he was still only like running back six or seven. With leading the league in rushing and all the touchdowns he had, like he still wasn't up there because he doesn't catch the ball. And I do think he might be one of those guys that is longer in the league, like a Frank Gore type, just because his body can take hits and like he's still going to be valuable. But like and, I just and really- he wasn't used as much early either, thanks to Demarco Murray. Yeah, yeah. So I just I so I don't know that. I I see like a lot him keeping a lot of value. Like I think he'll still be a solid running back too for a while, but like he's not a guy I'm gonna base my team around. I like getting guys that you know are gonna pass catch the ball because then they're going to always be on the field. And that's what I want out of my my team. Another guy that I don't think that I'm not as high on as everybody else. Let me look. I'm looking at ADP right now. <laughs> Um, AJ Brown, um, ah, same thing. So, and <laughs> I love the talent of AJ Brown. So I think he's super talented, but I don't know what that team is going to be. And I, what, like, yes, he, he was big at the end of the year, but like we saw what Tennessee wants to do in the playoffs and they want to run the ball. Like they had games where they didn't throw a touchdown in the playoffs and they still won. Like they want to play defense and run the ball. And if they're winning, like the the volume isn't going to be there that I think AJ Brown's going to need. And right now he's what is he in in wide receiver ADP? He's like in the top ten right now, and like that's just or yeah, he's wide receiver ten right now. And like just for that, looking at the people behind him, like Kenny Galladay, Julio, Odell, DK, Ridley, Cup, Sutton, like. All those guys are, are so talented, and like I love the town of AJ Brown. I just, you know, we've only seen half a season from Ryan Tannehill, and like in that, we only saw a handful of games out of AJ Brown where he was really that effective. So I just, with what people are paying for him right now, he's a guy that I'm just a little bit lower on in the community. And then one more, let me see if I can find a quarterback. I've gone every position. Um, <laughs> we'll go Daniel Jones. 
So <laughs> I know Bobby. I know our, our boy Bobby Koch might not like this. I just. It's funny too because he's going to be a topic on the show tomorrow. But the the, the yeah. second episode so, we have this week, yeah, <laughs> he looked really good last year, and he didn't have his receiving. Like he he never had Ingram, Slayton, Tate, and Shepard on the field at the same time. We've talked about that on the show. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. Like until they get a real playmaker outside of Saquon Barkley, I just don't know what his like. The defense is terrible. The offensive line is terrible. Like I just don't know. Like what that team direction is going to be. And I don't know what that's going to mean for Daniel Jones. Like nobody on that receiving team. Like I like Evan Ingram. He can't stay on the field and like, he can't be the only guy. And I just, I don't see, I think he has a high four, but I don't see him as having a high ceiling. I see him. I don't think he's ever really going to be anything, but like a low end quarterback one or high end quarterback two. Like I just like, yeah, he looked good last year, but like, nothing was exciting me. He's not going to be a guy that's going to take over and be like a staple of your, your team. Like if he's my quarterback too, that's fine. But I, I've seen people taking him as their quarterback one and I, I'm just not there with him. It's funny. You say that. Cause I actually do like Daniel Jones. Um, he was, I mean, if he had started all 16 last year, there's a chance he would have broken Baker's. I was just double checking it to make sure Baker's a uh, rookie touchdown record. So I, I'm a little, uh, on the other side on Daniel Jones with you uh, and Henry, I can totally see uh, I, I, you know, he's 26 now. I think, right. I think he's 26 now will be 27 next year. And uh, he could, he could come close to what he did last year, but I, I have a feeling his touchdown total is going to come down. Uh, he may be able to equal the rushing yards. AJ Brown. I get your point in terms of the price. Cause he hasn't really done. He's only done it the one year, but uh, he, like you said, he is just so talented. So I'm, um, I might only be one for three there with you. Um, but And I guess I'll just give one since it was your question. But uh, one guy that I think I'm much low, lower on than the rest of the community is probably Josh Jacobs. Uh, I think most people have him as an RB1, maybe even uh, oh, close to a mid-RB1. And I'm just not there. He's had like 27 targets last year. That just concerns me. I've always The thing I've always said about Rojo is that the Tampa based on everything to tell you they don't want to they don't want to start him I'm not saying that's the case with Jacobs but the Raiders have done everything to tell you they don't want to pass to him so um, that concerns me and it's hard to see him ever having super high-end upside without any passing volume and I, I just don't see even though they traded Bowden they did draft Bowden Richard's still there I think they may have released Riddick where they did bring in Riddick so it's clear they want to bring in they want to have passing down backs they don't they don't trust Jacobs to do it. Apparently, I'm not even sure why because I think he was a half decent receiver in college, but uh, I definitely think I'm lower on him the most. I, I, I there might even be I, I, I don't have all the list in front of me. There might even be 12 running backs I take ahead of him, which I doubt anybody else would call him an RB two. So, um, but uh, do you want to go to the next question or? So I, I'm really going to disagree with you on Josh Jacobs. <laughs> I love I Jacobs. Like, like everybody just agrees with me on Jacobs. And. Yes, they they brought in pass catchers, but they cut them all. Like they have, I'm looking at their their roster right now. They have Josh Jacobs, Jalen Rashard, and Devontae Booker. That's all they have at running back. Like that's it. And I I think like that they're just. I think Jacobs will be more involved in the passing game, which is what we want to see. Like I I don't think he's going to go be you know Fournette catching 70 something balls last year, but I, I can see him in the, in the 35 to 40 ball range. 
And if he does that, like, when I see it, and if <laughs> like he's there, then like he's set. Like, and you know, I I have him. I think right around. I'm looking at the the ADP right now. I have him probably right around seven, eight, nine um, for my for my running back ranking. Um, I have him over uh, Derrick Henry. I have him probably over Dalvin Cook right now, and maybe Taylor, which yeah puts him right up there, uh, probably over Chubb. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but I have I have him right around those guys. Like I I have him up there, and you know I I think that he's going to be talented, and I like that offense this year, and I like that line. So I I think he's I think he's going to be really really good this year. So I'm I'm definitely against you. It sounds like most of the other community is against you on that. <laughs> I um, think so. But in Superflex ADP, he is going number twelve right now as running back twelve. Yeah, that's actually a, um, slightly lower than I thought, but. And I think I would even take some. I'm looking at the ADP too, especially you know we didn't actually mention it earlier because I think we both consider it a given. But PPR would be also be part of the, the the preferred format that I would like super flex tight and premium PPR obviously. And in PPR, like Eckler, I, I think I'd take Eckler over him. Um, I'm looking. I would take Dobbins over him. Uh, I, I'm not sure about the other guys, but I would also take most of the guys ahead of him over him. So uh, I think I would have him just outside RB1 range. Um, unlike you said, I, 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 I know everyone disagrees with me. We'll, we'll see if, and, and I'm open to change. I mean, you know, if he proves me wrong, if he's like RB4 this year, I'll probably change my tune on him, but uh, I'm just not sure he has that upside with, with the lack of pass catching ability. Well, not ability, but last, the lack of pass catching opportunity that I still think is going to be the case even this year. Um, and yeah, so, we'll yeah, see. Like, so I guess I'll go ahead. No, you go, you go. I was just going to move on to the next question, but you sound like yeah. you're going to say something else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I was going to jump into my next question for you. Right. So, okay. Um, this is one I wanted to just to, to get your thoughts on, like we both trade a lot, but like we're on the different ends of the spectrum when it comes to trading a lot. So I wanted to see like, do you have any guidelines for trades you specifically follow or when you're looking for trades, like how do you evaluate trades? How do you propose trades? Like what is your, just your guidelines and your philosophy around trades? Um, one of my biggest things is probably looking at the other guy's roster. I gen I don't often go out and say, I'm going to go get this player. Uh, I, even in the off season or, or the non point scoring season, uh, I, I often will look at what the other guy needs a, instead of just trying to get some player. I like, uh, that's one of my biggest guiding principles. I think even though we've talked about it and, uh, Russ and Brian on trade addicts have talked about it is that in the off season, you know, you should more be trading for value than need, uh, especially until you get to about August. But, I I don't think every plays that way. And so I often look to see what does this guy need that I have that I can trade to him instead of just trying to go out and get a player. That's one of my biggest things. Um, and everybody says this, but I do think communication helps. I send out my share of cold offers, but I'm in a lot of leagues with a lot of the same people you know. I'm in a lot of leagues with you, uh, with some of the guys in Trade Addicts, with some of the guys in some of the other leagues we're in. So I definitely think having open lines of communication helps and being able to kind of more negotiate back and forth uh, in DMs and things like that helps rather than just sending cold offers back and forth and counter offers back and forth. Uh, so, so what were your guiding principles then? Yeah, like you kind of hit a lot of that. Like I think in I want to be in leagues where there's 
there's discussion there's like you you can get to know the league like just jump in a league where you don't like there's no activity on on the like group chat or message board or whatever is going to make it really difficult to trade in and those are the types of leagues i don't want to me i'm always my, my thing is just i'm always always trading like and you know but i'm not i try and like obviously you know there's times i send bad offers like it happens like that's the thing that i love about dynasty is everybody has different views and different opinions on players and what's valuable to me might not be valuable to you and vice versa like my guy that i've been buying all off season is chase edmonds there's lots of people out there that don't love chase edmonds but i do and so like i've been able to buy him for late seconds and early thirds and you know that's the some people like like think he has no value so that's one of the great things about about dynasty but you know i try to like i try to send a trade that is is pretty close to being fair that leaves some room for discussion that isn't a terrible like trade off the beginning because then like you know if i'm sending a terrible offer offers off the beginning that owner is going to have no interest in ever trying to get a deal done with me just, so, like, just interrupt you, Brian, interrupt you for a second. I just, I love that point. Is that I, I do the same thing. I, I'm never the guy that sends a trash trade offer. I think that just, and that just shuts down the discussion off the bat for most, especially when you're playing with people who know what they're doing. They're, they're just don't want to deal with you after that. So I'm sorry. You can continue. I just, I'm always trying to make it. I, you, you want to try and make it a little bit in your favor, but uh, I, I'm always trying to send something like, would I accept this? That, that, that's a great point. Yeah, and I think. You know, I, I do get, I hear everybody in the community saying like, oh, I only try to, like, I don't care about winning a trade. I want to make a fair trade. That's bull. Like everybody wants to win a trade. Like I agree. That's, that's why you I see all, when these I polls hear on that, Twitter yeah. all the time. Like you see everyone post some polls on Twitter so that they can show off that, oh, look, look at the trade I got done. Like, so everybody wants to win a trade. Like nobody's like going into like, hey, you know, like, well, I'm just trying to make a fair trade, but I do try to like, make sense for a trade that's gonna or do a trade that's gonna make sense for both teams if it's a trade that doesn't make sense for the other owner but somebody i really want or position i really want like i will send an overpay off the beginning to let them know like hey i'm serious like i want to get this done i know it doesn't fit your team that's why i'm willing to overpay you know like and i'm also like i'm the type that i'm not scared to lose a trade if it's gonna help me like make another deal or like be able to come back with that owner later i think people get caught up so much in winning and losing trades that like they they get gun shy on it and like and i i make so many that it's okay so i i i know i'm the opposite spectrum of, of most people but like i'm just the type that like you know like i'm always trading so like i'm not worried about losing one trade here and there and that's just kind of how i do it that last one's a good point too, and that's something I think I need to work on. I'm a little more deliberate with trades than you, I think. Even when I get offers that I even sometimes kind of like, I'm often I often take a little while to think about it. I'll ask a couple people things like that, and I am I think I do a little worry too much about uh, uh, losing the trade, so to speak. Um, when even if, even if it might help my starting lineup or something like that, so I, I'm worried like, oh, this isn't enough value. I have to get more out of this. When that's not necessarily always the case, and and I think we even you know bear that out in our find me a trade. Sometimes, sometimes you just you do what's best for your roster, um, even if it doesn't work out value wise. Um, so I'll get into my last question for you, which is really basic and less specific than the last one. So you should have no problem with this, um, which is. Um, what one piece of advice would you give to dynasty owners? I guess particularly new ones, 
But if you're just if there's one thing you were going to say, someone's asked, you know, doing Dynasty and want to know what's the best piece of advice you can give them, what would it be? So listen to the Dynasty Junkies podcast. No, but, um, <laughs> That's the best piece of advice. <laughs> in, in all reality, like listening to podcasts really has helped me just like learn. You know, there's lots of good podcasts out there and there, there's a lot of good podcasts out there and like you can't get them all, but like getting on Dynasty Twitter also like is is huge to like just learning to see all the different people out there and like get, there's just so many people in the community that you can bounce ideas off and post different articles you know like dof is a great resource like there's just so much good information out there but just listening to podcasts like different types of podcasts too like you know i still listen to the fantasy footballers redraft even though i'm not in redraft because like it helps me like with my weekly lineup decisions like once once the season gets started like i'm trying to win so i i care about that week i don't care about like if I'm a contending or a playoff team, like I don't care about that. I just want to win. So I'm going to like try to start the best team that I can during that. So like I listen to some redraft podcasts for that, but like I listen to the trade addicts and uh, you know, about trades and, and just different strategy that way. And then like, I love dynasty and chill. Like Scott just is such a different type yeah. of commissioner and owner. And, and like his, the way he values players is just really, it makes you think differently it's, about the game. And it's it funny. He plays the, the total opposite way. I think of sort of how I do. He's like total value of everything, but, and I disagree with him a lot, but I think I just feel like I learned so much listening to Scott. Yeah. Like in, and I'm not to the level that he is on things, but like I have started to take some of like his, his, the things he talks about on his, on his show, like, you know, I keep my portfolio and like, you know, like if it's like not going above 10% of certain players and like, and looking at like the cap, the, the value and like kind of like the stock market approach that he talks about on the show, like that's fantastic. Like, and like the whole um, wide receivers, like his whole rant right now about wide receivers being overvalued, like has really made me think about like, you know, I used to, um, you know, back in 12, 13, 14, when I was starting, like wide receivers were king. Like that's all yeah. you wanted was wide receivers. Even and like I, three years ago, wide receivers were king. <laughs> yep. So I'm like, and I'm trying to get out of that mindset. And like, he talks about it so much on his show that, and like, he talks a lot of, a lot of strategy and like a lot of contingencies and just like all around, like he hits every topic from a different point of view. And I love it. So like just listening to the, di to different types of shows, and like, there's always tweets out there. I'm like, what are some podcasts to listen to or check out? Like really go check out those shows. Like you don't need to listen constantly to all these shows. Like, you know, I'm subscribed to like probably 15 to 20 podcasts. Like I don't get to all of them every week, but like, you know, there's, there's just so many good shows out there and there's so many good articles and writers out there that like you can get the information. Um, but don't go into dynasty afraid to lose. Like, you know, like it's, it's an experience and it's, it's going to take a while to learn. So like, just go into it to have fun and, and learn, like be open. Like a lot of people come in there. Like, I know everything there is to know about football. Like I'm going to win. And then like, they don't win and they don't have fun year one. Like be active, be part of like, get in an active league and be and contribute to that, that league. And you'll have more fun. Like, if you get in leagues where you don't chat with people, you don't get to know your league. It's, it's a redraft league at that point and you're not going to have fun with it. Like dynasty's here to like be your round, get to know your teams and your owners and, and have fun with it. And, yeah. 
That was a lot of things, not just one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love that answer because I, I, it's not actually what I was expecting. I love the podcast, you know, podcast Twitter answers. And I, I was thinking when I wrote the question, I was thinking more of it's like a strategy type thing. But I mean, if you listen to a bunch of podcasts, you're going to get a bunch of different strategies, which is going to help you form your own strategy. So I, I really, that's not kind of the answer I was expecting, but I really like it a lot. Uh, I would also say another one that I that I really another podcast that I really like that I would recommend people listening to is, is Peter Howard Dynasty Crossroads because he's another one that thinks really differently. It makes me think about things and uh, I, it's just a really good pod. So uh, in addition to listening to us, which you should do every week, uh, also listen to, to Dynasty Crossroads, Dynasty and Chill and all the other ones uh, Dustin mentioned. Um, and I guess the other thing I was thinking when I wrote the question, like I said, I was thinking strategy and I would give my answer, which was just, it's probably won't come as a surprise to anyone who's uh, listened to me is that I would just say that, that don't overvalue youth. I think people overvalue youth way too much in dynasty. Uh, you sort of pointed it out earlier with AJ Brown. Uh, I mean, he's wide receiver 10 because he had a big year in his rookie year and he's young. So, but he hasn't really produced yet. I mean, he had a good year. It wasn't amazing, uh, but we all just assume he's going to. I, I am, I've said it a million times in this podcast, one of the least ageist dynasty players you're ever going to see. Uh, I mean, youth is important. I'm drafting youth early. Everybody's drafting youth early in startups and things like that, but but just not to overvalue it. Guys, like, uh, it goes basically goes to how I play, I think, in that I'm, even especially uh, more so than you, I think more, uh, production based more so than value based. I don't mind if I'm trading for Zach Ertz, who's a declining asset, or or trading for Julio Jones, who's a, is a declining asset, um, because they're going to score me points even in the off season. I I like to get them more in the off season because everyone wants to get the high upside guys in the off season, and when we get in season, they're, they're looking for points, and then then they're more likely to trade for a guy like Julio when they see him scoring two hundred and some points or. Or Zach Ertz. So I would just, I, you shouldn't be drafting, you know, Julian Edelman, Larry Fitzgerald, and filling out your lineups with 35 year olds, but, but uh, don't, don't overvalue youth too much and don't uh, downgrade age too much. I mean, 28 is now like the new 30 for wide receivers, which is ridiculous. So that, that would be my piece of advice if I was giving one. So I just wanted to give my answer to that question as well. Um, I believe that leaves one more question for me, right? Yep. So this one doesn't really have anything to do with, strategy philosophy or anything just just to get to to know you who is your favorite player of all time just hmm. um interesting i wasn't expecting that um <laughs> i would have to probably be a homer uh as an eagles fan yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go favorite player of all time and probably say randall cunningham uh again showing my age a little because uh, he was late 80s, early 90s, mostly mid to mid 90s. Uh, was one of the first running quarterbacks. He was super exciting. It was the ultimate weapon, quote unquote, on Sports Illustrated. He had the, the play on Monday Night Football with the Carl Banks hit where he almost gets uh, sacked. And then he comes up and tours the touchdown. And I don't know if people outside of Philly remember this as well, but he had a, a game against the Bills where Bruce Smith almost got him two or three times, and then he throws a, a 95-yard touchdown pass to Fred Barnett. He was just always doing amazing things and uh, was really exciting. And uh, I would have to say he's my favorite player of all time, especially because he played for my team. So is, is yours a Seahawk or somebody else? No, so my actual favorite favorite player of all time and this is partially because of fantasy 
Um, but I loved Ladanian Tomlinson. Like it was just like you, he was, you haven't seen this for a while, but like he was that number one every year. Like if you get a Ladanian Tomlinson, like you won, like you, you won your league. Like he was just, <laughs> but he was just so exciting to watch on the field too. Like he was just, he had that swag, but he was like just really good. And like, I just loved watching him play. And obviously like he was super valuable in, in, in fantasy. And that's kind of what kind of brought me into like a super fan of, of football. But I will say like, I do have a Homer favorite player and he's on the defensive side, but it's just Cortez Kennedy um, from the Seahawks. Uh, I love, I have a Cortez Kennedy Jersey. I wear all the time. Just Cortez was, was the guy. He was just a like in Seattle. Like he was, you know, the anchor of our defense and he was just a stud just watching him play. Like now he's in the hall of fame. Like he was just, we didn't have a lot of good teams back when he played. And he was like our, our shining moment was that we had Cortez Kennedy. Um, and he was just, he was just a fun, fun guy to watch, but he was just also a good guy. So it was, it was cool to, to have him on the team when we were, even though we were terrible, like we had something to look forward to. So, you know, he was the guy. And I actually thought real quick, cause I know we're, I was hoping this was going to be our first show that maybe was around an hour and it already looks like it might be going over, but two other guys I thought of real quick while you were talking that are non Eagles, um, which would be Barry Sanders uh, for obvious reasons. It was just uh, thrilling to watch and, and the way he would, you know, make juke guys out of their, their, their cleats. And, uh, kind of the opposite of that, which would be a, I was always a big fan of, for some reason, of, of Christian Okoye, the way he'd run people over and things like that. I loved him and Barry Word back in the day. I was actually a semi Chiefs fan for a little bit. It's like my second team. So that would be another guy. Um, but that the end, that, that's, that finishes up our questions. Uh, you, uh, you had another topic you wanted to talk about. Why don't you get into that? What are you looking forward to the most this season? Um, I know we've kind of talked like, is the season going to happen for a while? And there's been a lot of back and forth with that, but like, what are you looking forward to the most? Like, what is, what are you excited about? And for me, there's, there's a few different, I mean, just trying to see how certain things shake out. One of the big things for me would be um, all the rookie running backs that, that I drafted in my redraft league, um, uh, just to kind of see how that shakes out. You know, we all love, especially outside of CEH, everyone, you know, expects big things from CEH. But how does when does Jonathan Taylor take over? Uh, is it right away? Does it take a while? What about can can Cam Akers be the guy in, in L.A.? Uh, DeAndre Swift, how how much does carry on uh, eat into his work? So just seeing how these rookie running backs play out. We got these five guys that we all like so much, and I'm just curious to see how that plays out um, this season. Uh, what about you? Um, I have a couple other things, but what else? What what, what is one of the things you're looking at? I feel like this season, going into the season, there, there's more narratives than before. Like, you know, there, there's a narrative out there that, you know, oh, like Hopkins is now in Arizona. Like, he's not going to be as productive now. Like, even though he's got the best quarterback he's ever been with. Like, oh, Michael Thomas, like, was otherworldly last year, but nobody ever repeats as number one. Like, same with Christian McCaffrey. Like, he like he was on the on the field for 95% of the snaps. Like, there's no way you can do that again. And it, no, no one repeats at number one at any position. Like there just seems to be so many narratives like, Oh, Dalvin cook and his injuries, even though he played, he was fantastic last year. Like, Oh, he's going to hold out and he's got injuries. Like he's not worth anything anymore. Like just seeing all these narratives and like what happens with those narratives, especially in a COVID season is really what I'm excited to, to, 
to see this year. It just seems there's more of that this year than than usual. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, and uh, I've mentioned on the pod that uh, I'm kind of buying into that DeAndre Hopkins narrative. So we'll see. We'll see. It sounds like you're not. It sounds like you're uh, you're a little skeptical of that because with the his best quarterback ever comments, so you you think he is going to uh, just be be old the same old nuke that he is every year? I mean, I I think he's got a shot at it. Like I I'm not I'm not worried about him. Like I I don't know that you know he might not be top five wide receivers but like i think he's still gonna say top 10 like in i think he'll only get better next year as arizona continues to get better and as him and kyler continue to grow together but hopkins is that he's just so good and kyler is better than he's had before so i'm i'm not worried about about a a, a drop in his production um he's just he's just too good like he's the type of guy that you feed the ball to and they're going to get on the same page pretty quickly and pretty easily in my opinion. And I'm not, I'm just not worried about it. I, I think Hopkins is just that good. Yeah. And I can see that side of it. I just have, like I said, the, the worry of a new receiver, uh, a receiver on a new team. We've seen it multiple times. I've, I've mentioned on the pile, I'm not going to get too into it, but we'll see how it shakes out. And yeah, there's just some other things like that, different storylines. Like, like we've talked about this plenty on the show, how the Denver whole situation will shake out. Uh, we've talked about lock multiple times, but also just, you know, sudden Judy Fant, Gordon, Lindsay, like how, how is this all going to be divided? Is any of them going to be a top end guy? Are they all going to eat out of, eat off each other, uh, eat away at each other? So, Stuff like that is what kind of interests me. Um, is Burrow going to be as good as we think? Is he going to elevate the, those Cincinnati weapons? Things like that. Um, anything else you were thinking of before we move on to find me a trade? Um, just obviously what everyone's talked about, the, the COVID, what that's going to do to this year. Like, you know, what is going to be the first shoe that drops? You know, who's going to be the first guy that that has COVID that is, is major. That's going to be missing a couple of weeks. Like just who's that going to be? What's that going to look like? Yeah. Um, it's been kind of like, amazing the way that they haven't had COVID issues in the, in training camp to me. Like they keep putting out these numbers, which are ridiculous. How low they are. Uh, I'm curious to see you're like you said, how that plays out when they're playing games and, and breathing all over each other and, and tackling each other and sweating on each other and things like that. Yeah. I'm also like just interested to see like, if that affects gameplay or like are players not going to go as hard as they usually do because they're, they're worried about contact or, or what's that going to look like? And, you know, they haven't really had a lot of physical contact. So how's that going to change it? So just like that, that whole dynamic um, is really, obviously that's what probably everyone's thinking about for this year, but like that whole dynamic is just really interesting to me. So I, yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. And, uh, I'm going to ask you, you, you do this occasionally. I don't think I've ever done this mid-show, but I, I got a trade offer here. I want to see what okay. you think. Uh, I'm not sure what I think about it because it just popped up on my phone. Um, and not, this is a team. I'm a contender, big-time contender. I won the league last year. Uh, I was offered um, Devontae Adams and James White for Kenny Galladay and Todd Gurley. I would give Galladay and Gurley. I like getting the Adam side. That's what I'm thinking. I kind of like that one. He, he I, I, I asked you earlier today. This is the same one. I, uh, he offered me a DJM offer, which I, I was not as thrilled about. Um, but I'm kind of liking this one a little more. 
I am not like everyone's out on Gurley. Like I think he'll produce this year and that's about it. But I agree. You know, I think like getting Adams over Galladay is, is huge. And James White's still serviceable at, at running back. So I'm not too worried about that at all. Um, it is 0.2 PPC. Does that change it for you at all? Because oh, Gurley really? might get a lot of carries this year. A little bit, but like I don't know that he's going to I don't know who their backup's gonna be. So like I think he will have a good shot at getting a lot of carries, but I, I'm just oh, still will that lead to injury. <laughs> yeah, I mean it could. We don't know. I, I think they're going to still limit him because they, they they don't have anybody behind him, so they're gonna need him to get through the season. So I, I I could see him having about the same workload as he did last year. And if that's the case, that's not gonna really help his production. Um and I like getting Adams over Galladay. Um, I I have Adams in my top three or four wide receivers, and Galladay. If you listen to our last show, I have him probably outside the top twelve, like probably right. in the fifteen to eighteen range. So, I I the gap between Adams and Galladay is bigger than the gap between James White and Gurley for me. Yeah, White's perennially underrated, and it would give me uh, Michael Thomas, Adams, Julio, and DJM as my top four receivers. Uh, I think I like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we will move on now that the Dutchman talked me into accepting that trade. Um, so the rest of the show, uh, we just we figured we would touch on the uh, one bit of uh, semi-major news that came out, uh, I guess, just yesterday, which was the Kareem Hunt extension. Um, uh, yeah, so so that's going to affect Nick Chubb. Obviously, it's going to affect Kareem. A lot of people thought Kareem Hunt might have uh, RB one season still ahead of him. Uh, after leaving Cleveland when his contract was up this year. So the way I'm looking at it, uh, I think it does downgrade Chubb. Uh, he's definitely going to take a hit in the receiving game. Uh, Hunt's going to take a lot of that work. And it basically eliminates the idea to me that Hunt's ever an RB1 again because by the time his contract expires, I believe he's going to be like 27. Uh, unless one of them gets hurt, it's hard to see either one to me being an RB one that I think they both have potential even together to be high RB twos. Um, but I don't see huge upside because of the lack of receiving work for Chubb and the lack of rushing work probably for hunt. Is that basically where you're at Dustin? Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think that I don't know that Cleveland is going to bring back Chubb and they might just roll with hunt. That's which is why they locked him up now. Um, he's only make he's making six and a half million, so he's making a decent amount. Um, but it's only for two years. But it's uh, two years on top of this one year that he's already there. So they they have him for three more seasons. I don't know what that means for Chubb. I think it, we're going to see a lot more of a, of a split, um, which is going to make me probably avoid both players, unfortunately, just because I think they're going to be cutting into each other's work a lot. But if I had to pick and choose for their value right now and the cost, I'd probably take Hunt over Chubb because Chubb's still going in the second round of startups. You can still get Hunt in like the fifth or the sixth round. Yeah, and he's going to catch more passes, so that's probably who I want. And yeah, that, that's a good point on Chubb too. That I mean, I, his contract is up after next year or this year. I think it's next year. That's yeah. Next year. So, so like you said, I mean, maybe maybe two years down the line, yeah, maybe Hunt's actually the guy for a year. I guess we'll see. That's our take on Hunt and Chubb. Now let's get to find me a trade, and we'll finish things up. Find me a trade. 
So this week's submission was by FF Junkie on Twitter at FF Junkie underscore uh, in sleeper sleeper league. Uh, Dustin, we go over the settings. Yeah. So this week it's a 12 team PPR super flex. It is a 2.0 tight end premium. Um, it's got uh, 22 man rosters starts nine, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, a super flex and two flex. Um, it's an orphan that he took over. Um, he thinks he's in the middle. He's been trying to get some trade talks going, but it's been pretty dead. He's trying to get a feel for what would work. He also is new to dynasty. So Rocky, you want to get into what his roster looks like? Yeah. And you mentioned how he said he thinks he's in the middle. I think we both agree. He's not really in the middle. <laughs> he needs to kind of rebuild this roster, but he, uh, it's going to super flex. The only quarterbacks that are starting that he has are Ryan Tannehill and Dwayne Haskins. He's also got, uh, Al, uh, Allen from uh, Washington and Dalton, so both backups. He's got Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, uh, Jalen Richard, uh, Divine, uh, Devin Zigbo, Joshua Kelly at running back. At wide receiver, he's okay there. He's got some good pieces. Michael Thomas, Tyler Lockett, Michael Gallup, Hardman, Samuel, uh, Lazard, Harry. So he's got some, some high-end talent there and some decent depth. And the, uh, he's also got T. Higgins, Duvernay, and, and Gandy Golden from the rookie draft this year. And then a tight end, he's pretty much got nothing there in a two-tight end league. He's got Jimmy Graham, Nick Boyle, C.J. Uzama, which is you know nobody worth starting. So uh, we both uh, came up with trades for him. Uh, I actually came up with two trades. So I will I will do one of mine first, and then we can go to one of Dustin's. Uh, the first one I came up with was trading Josh Jacobs to uh, Team C. Parkin for Rager, a 2021 first, and another piece, something like Madison uh, that you would flip later, hopefully, or a second, Alexander Madison. And uh, the guy that he's trading into, the C. Parkin team, he is kind of a odd team. It's sort of a mishmash with some older guys, but he's also got a lot of younger guys, and he's got four firsts. So I'm not sure if he's trying to compete or not. I think he maybe could be. Or he could, if he sold the first, he might be a competing team. So he would have to be the one. Well, he doesn't even have to be the one. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is in the second year, and uh, since the the guy we're trading him for, the, that we're doing the trade for, is not competing, I'm willing to sell Josh Jacobs because, as we talked about earlier, I'm not as high on him as everybody else is. Um, so he gets the wide receiver and I'm super high on Rager, even with the injury earlier, you know, early in the season where he's not going to play. This is dynasty missing a couple weeks. Doesn't matter. He gets the 2021 first to help at either quarterback, hopefully or tight end or running back. And, uh, you get, you'll get a Madison or a second in the deal. Um, the second you can use next year, or maybe you can flip Madison for a first later. Um, if Devin cook gets hurt. So what do you think of that one? This is actually one that he can actually get done right now um, with the injury to Rager. Like now is the time to try to buy him. And I, I like getting like as much as I like Jacobs, like I'm the type I want to, to load my team at other positions. And then I want to like get running backs as my last piece. So getting those picks to, right. to get right. So getting Rager and, and a first, um, and a second or Madison, it helps do that. Um, and I think that's a deal he can get done right now. So, so I like that trade. Um, so going into mine, so 
Mine was actually me giving up, I'm pulling it up right here, um, giving up Michael Thomas to Jay Skinner 8 for Calvin Ridley, Irv Smith, and a 2021 first. Uh, Michael Thomas, I think, is his best piece, and it's something that I don't want to give up Michael Thomas, but he's so far from competing to me that selling the first, selling Michael Thomas to get extra pieces would is what he needs to do. Um, getting Irv Smith before he blows up in a 2.0 PPR tight end premium league is huge. Getting a first because he needs draft capital. He doesn't have any first round picks. And then Calvin Ridley, who is a, a good wide receiver in his own right, I think is, is awesome. Um, so I think it, it makes sense for his team where he's going. Um, what do you think of, of that deal, Rocky? I, I, I do like the, the deal for his team. Uh, it, but the, the one concern I have is I was just looking at Jay Skinner 8's roster. He's only got one quarterback. His his best running back is uh, – gosh, jeez, I don't even know what his best running back is. Carry on. Um, so the only thing I'm worried about is Michael Thomas to me is more guy – I mean, maybe Michael Thomas is just so good he wants to get him. Um, but I just worry that he's not – he might not think of himself as a competing team and – that's my only concern is that it might be hard to get done. He's got three firsts, um, four firsts. So he might be rebuilding. Um, that's the only issue I have there. I wouldn't mind if you could get it done. I, I like the value you're getting back. Uh, Irv Smith in a two tight end is even more valuable. And then you're getting Ridley in the first. I just worry that it doesn't work as well for the other team, just because I'm not sure they want to get a Michael Thomas at this point, even though he's the you know number one receiver in the league. They might look at him and say he's going to be 27 by the time I'm competing. He's 28 or 29. That would be my only concern. And but, I have that thought as well. Um, but I think that's something that we can do with that. Um, like adding a, a small piece back just to like make him feel a little bit better about the deal is something I would do as well. Um, but, you know, if he can get, get anything close to that, um, that'd be a, a win for him. Yeah, if he agreed. If he can get it done, I I love it for the guy. You know, uh, uh, the guy that we're doing it for, uh, FF Junkie. So if he can get it done, great. I just yeah, I'm just worried about him being able to to, to the other guy doing it basically. But I'll get into mine because I'm also I this, the second one I came up with um, because the first one, like I said, I'm not sure what that guy C Parkin is doing with his team. Maybe he's halfway through a rebuild, which is why he's got some older guys. So maybe. He doesn't want to compete and wouldn't want the uh, the running back at this point. So I came up with another one as well, which was uh, Michael Thomas as well. Uh, but like you said, it's his best piece. I can definitely see moving him, but again, because by the time he's competing, it could be he could be you know not what he is now at twenty eight or twenty nine. Um, and Michael Thomas and Hunt to team straight edge for Chris Godwin, Daniel Jones, and OJ Howard. He definitely needs running back. He definitely needs tight end. OJ Howard definitely is, is very iffy, uh, but I could see a situation where he gets out of Tampa after his contract's up and, and emerges elsewhere. So I, I wouldn't mind taking the gamble on him. And you're not going to get an, another high-end tight end when I put Godwin in the deal as well. That was my biggest concern in doing it, is that maybe Godwin was just too close to Michael Thomas to make this work and add a quarterback. Um 
But as we said, Daniel Jones, uh, you weren't super high on him, and he's being drafted as a QB two now. Um, though I do like his upside, and uh, the guy that he's trading him to is definitely competing. He's got a lot of high end talent. Uh, I don't have his roster in front of me, but it gives him, uh, you know, Michael Thomas, the top receiver in the league. He's also got Chubb, so he gets he gets Chubb and Hunt. And if either one of them goes down, he's got a, a lock a locked in RB one. Um, he's still what he has four quarterbacks, which is another reason I like doing this one. He would have Russ, Kyler, and Cousins even after trading Daniel Jones, and OJ uh, Howard was his third tight end. So. Uh, what do you think of that one? Is it is that do you think that could get done even with Godwin in the deal, or is that is that asking for too much? No, I think that you know Hunt right now with him signing the extension is going to help his value in a trade, and you know it's still Michael Thomas. Like Godwin's still only shown it last year, and Michael Thomas has been a stud for a couple couple seasons now. And I do like buying OJ Howard now because I think he will be gone out of Tampa when his when he's a free agent. And that's going to just continue to help him. So I do like this deal. Um, he does need another quarterback. And, you know, I as much as I talked about what I thought about Daniel Jones earlier, like I still think he's valuable. I just, he isn't the guy that I think I would want. But I like getting Howard or Daniel Jones in this deal. Like he needs another quarterback. Like only having Haskins and Tannehill doesn't excite me at all. And Daniel right. Jones. 23 so i think he's fine getting daniel jones is, is a good piece and like michael thomas just doesn't fit what he's trying to do so um i like it yeah and yeah his quarterback situation i i mean we all know i i don't like paying for quarterbacks but i love doing it in something like this where you're still getting high-end talent and god when you're getting a quarterback in the deal to to supplement your quarterbacks and then even getting that other small piece in OJ Howard, I I would not trade Michael Thomas straight up for a quarterback, but doing something like this is a, something that would interest me a lot more. And I do think it's something he could probably get done. Uh, if uh, if like I said, the guy's trying to compete right now. He's got again. I wish I had his roster in front of me, but he's he's pretty loaded. So getting to get add Michael Thomas to his team, I think would help. So that is all we have for find me a trade which means we are done this week. So um, just a reminder, as always, I am at Dynasty FF Addict. Dustin is at Dynasty Junkie FF. The Twitter handle for the show is at Dynasty Junkies. As I mentioned at the top, uh, if you want us to find you a trade, you can you can DM any of those three uh, Twitter handles, and we will get back to you and include it in the show. Um, please also follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network. And... Give, if you like what you've heard, please give us a subscribe rating and review, uh, preferably a five-star review, and then also do the same for the DAP network as well. So thanks for listening, and I normally say we'll be back next week, but I will actually be back later this week with some other guests with no Dustin. But that does it for our show. Chunky's out. <laughs>